0: to us
1: fires touchdown Miami! waddle stuck into the end zone of miami boy tight throw tight window they had to get
2: that touchdown on that play they get it what is up Dolphins fans and welcome to the drive time podcast part of the miami dolphins podcast network covering your team your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's our last, air quotes, bye week type of podcast, although it's going to look a lot like our usual Wednesday pod as we hear from the assistant coaches on a variety of topics We'll look at the fourth quarter and how to close games. Coach Fry touches on the importance of footwork and how he thinks Tua excels in that area. Plus, Coach Lem, G.A., Burks, Camp, Clark, as well as co-offensive coordinator George Gotzi talked to us about the New York Jets playing the same team twice inside of one month and the self-scouting processes of the bye week. All of that and a heck of a lot more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is... The Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. As all of you know, or maybe you don't know, I don't know, the Thursday Preview Podcast always requires the most research from me. Between watching some of the games and then going and finding the data, a lot of hours go into that podcast. And I would be lying if I said getting one week off from that wasn't a little bit nice. But now that we're here and the preview episode is out tomorrow, I'm kind of itching to dive back in. Like, give me a Dolphins game. I want to see how this team comes off the bye and plays. And while you're listening to this podcast, that's what I'll be doing on Wednesday here, working on that preview podcast. We have a whole bunch of other goodies and sound bites on this particular show to play for you all today. So I'm going to kind of sit back and let the PhDs, as I call them, do their thing. But first, before we get to the media availability, where I had a list of questions for each coach and a few sidebars here that went off script, all of which was tremendous. I wanted to look at something that has really piqued my interest, not just for the Miami Dolphins, as we kind of talked about the craziness in the NFL this year from a parody standpoint, but something that involves the entire National Football League. Like we talked about You know, yesterday, I was kind of a sponge for the Week 14 games around the league, just enjoying an opportunity to watch football on Sunday outside of the One Orange. And the theme of the week has been the idea that no lead is safe. It started on Thursday night football. Vikings see a 29-7 lead entering the fourth quarter, come down to a last-second throw in the end zone. And we're not talking about a Hail Mary, something like the 11-yard line going in for a chance to score and get two to come back in a game where they trailed by 22 points in the fourth quarter. The Ravens recovered. An onside kick, and we're just a couple of first downs away from putting Justin Tucker, the all-time greatest kicker in the National Football League, in range to win a game that they trailed 24-3 at halftime and 24-9 entering the fourth quarter. We talked about the Bills and Bucks, 24-3, and it goes to overtime. The Bengals and 49ers, 20-6 in the fourth quarter, goes into overtime. And look, this is not some Week 14 revelation we're talking about here. This is every single week in the National Football League. I'm not going to list more examples because, again, it's every single week. Go look. Go look for yourself. It happens multiple times every single week. And I really became interested about this because it was something that's become a bit of a theme under Coach Flores here in Miami, the ability to salt away leads and salt away games and hold those leads and get yourself into the victories, the winner's circle, I should say. And not just hold on to the victory, but not even letting it come down to that final drive or that final pass into the end zone. This literally started in the first win of the Brian Flores era back in 2019. A two-score halftime lead only became an eight-point lead with 15 seconds to play in the fourth quarter against the Jets that year at home. Last year, it happened frequently. That 49ers game, 43-17, never became a game late. 28-17 28-17 over the Rams. I think one of those scores to get closer was there late in the fourth quarter. 29-21 over the Chargers in a game that was 29-14 with under four minutes to play. 20-3 over the Jets again. 19-7 over the Bengals. 22-12 over the Patriots with Miami seized control of that game in the third quarter. And then ahead to this year. Only the Jets were able, very late once again, to pull that game to within a one-score game over the course of this winning streak, aside from the Texans game, where the score goes 17-9 to with 11.32 to play, and the defense was able to prevent points on three straight drives there. So this certainly does not have any bearing on this week heading into the New York Jets at home here, but I thought it was an interesting storyline, so I wanted to ask our coaches about this, starting with the head coach, Brian Flores, what's the key to salting away games in the fourth quarter? Good execution.
3: I think that's at the end of the day, that's what it, what it boils down to. Really, in all three phases, I think you got to you got to play well at the end. That goes without saying. That's when you get you know your, your opponent's best shot. You give them your best shot. You got to execute.
2: And so I put the same question to co-offensive coordinator, Coach George Godsey. What is the key to closing out games in that fourth quarter success? Here's Coach
4: yeah i
0: mean it's it's about putting the game away and uh sometimes it's you know controlling the ball and and making sure that those possessions are you know going to your best players and making sure that you know we're calling the plays that feel like will give us the best opportunity to move the chains um you know so third downs are critical we've been fortunate to convert a couple big third downs i know. You know, just offhand the last few games we, we were able to convert those and again turn some clock um obviously the opponent depending on how many timeouts they have you know it's important uh to save those to the very end so if we can use those up and get first downs get into scoring range make it a multiple score game then yeah that gives our defense a, a chance to pin their ear apart, you know our ears back on their quarterback
2: And how about how he assesses the play of the quarterback to a tongue in those fourth quarters?
0: Yeah, he's been, he's been well in the fourth quarter. He's done well. And, um, you know, again, we we want to make sure that, that he's making good decisions. And, you know, when it comes down to playing our best, the very end of the game is ultimately where, where you need to play your, your very best football. Um, we learn through the course of the game how it's being played, and at the end we need to make sure we're adapting and playing our best football then. And
2: I think that final point right there is very, very interesting with regards to adjusting throughout the course of the game, finding out what things work for you, what things didn't work for you, and how to apply those later on. We've talked about this on podcasts before. You know, Going back to the Patriots game last year, you have a, a snapshot of essentially not the same play but two very similar plays where two of throws – a kind of scramble picks or not a pick six, but an interception in the end zone to JC Jackson, one of the best ball Hawks in the entire national football league. And then in the fourth quarter, coming down the opposite direction to the other end zone, he's in a same, a similar third down scramble situation. And rather than take the throw, he puts his foot in the ground, makes a move on a player and gets in for the touchdown to really help put that game away. So learning from the earlier lessons you take, throughout the course of the football game and applying them in the fourth quarter. Certainly a good trait, especially for a young player, especially for a young team like your Miami Dolphins. So really good information there from Coach Godsey. As always, he's always so transparent and upfront with us about his football knowledge and giving that knowledge to us as people in the media and fans of this team and of this game. And speaking of Tua, I want to pick it up here with quarterbacks coach Charlie Fry. And again, my theme here was kind of three-pronged, again, with some off-script follow-ups as well which I got with Coach Fry too. But those three prongs were talk about your self-scouting process for your particular room position group. And don't say talk about it because that's like journalism 101. That's not how you ask a question. Number two, what are the pros and cons of seeing a team for the second time within the span of one month because the Dolphins and Jets played back in week 11 and now again here in week number 15. And what do the Jets personnel and scheme do to, to challenge your specific room or position group? So let's go ahead and pick it up here with Coach Fry. The first question for Coach was about seeing the same opponent within the span of one month two times.
5: Yeah, no, I think in this league, um, it's hard to beat anybody twice. You know what I mean? Just so you know, second time around, you, you got a better feel for each other, and you know, second time game planning against each other, and you know, so you know know each other better. So you go just take the approach of just starting all over again um same attention to detail in your preparation uh same same way to attack it um and just just go from there
2: and then listening back to my interview here with coach i literally told him this is probably a dumb question but we'll ask it anyways i asked him if you put more emphasis on the particular jets game that you just played against them than other tapes as you prepare for your opponent because you're obviously going to have more than one tape you look at is there an emphasis on the last time you played this team
5: yeah I think you 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 learn a lot from the first time you play them. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that you you like. There's a lot of things you wish you you could do better and correct. So I think it's a, it's a good place to start. Um, and then just you know the, the next three games, it's okay, this is how they played us. you know are they
2: what are they doing different? Going back on script here, back on the theme, talking about coach Fry's self-scouting process and how he kind of put that to the quarterback room to make that group better.
5: Yeah, it was just get better. You know, that was, that was kind of the message uh, during, during the bye week was get better. Um, so, you know, we attack different areas, you know, within you know, the structure of, of how we attack and we said, okay, if we do X, Y, and Z better, know that we're going to get a you know higher rate of efficiency on on this play if we can you know marry our feet uh, within our progression maybe we can get the ball out a a half a second faster so you really don't have you know that, that gives you some time to really dive into you know things you've been doing and and just see how you can get better
2: thought that point was very interesting from Coach, especially the idea of just trying to clean up some of the little things that can create better efficiency within every single play, obviously every drive and every game as that kind of plays out over the course of a 60-minute game. But talking about the footwork and getting certain things cleaned up, and we'll come back to that here in just a second as I had a follow-up question for Coach on that particular topic. But we've talked about it on the All-22 Review podcast, right? Like how we think that even though the team's playing pretty well right now, there are some opportunities for corrections to make things even better, and especially on the offensive side where you get one offensive penalty or one mislocated pass or one dropped football, and all of a sudden the entire dynamic of that drive of that particular Maybe even game changes with that one mistake and cleaning up those mistakes can lead to more efficiency and of course, better results on the scoreboard in terms of being in more comfortable positions and not just winning games or or closing out games tight, but maybe you find yourself in a position where you can dominate a game kind of like we saw in the Carolina game. So really enjoyed that with coach also enjoyed his answer talking about what are some of the strengths of the Jets scheme and personnel they can do to challenge your group, your position group, the quarterbacks.
5: I think they're built, you know, from the from the front to the back. You know, just they got it. They got a really good front, and they can get pressure um, in a lot of different ways. So, whether it's push the pocket or come off the edges or or things, I think for us that'll just be, you know, focusing on our footwork's got to be exact, our eyes got to be in the right place. So that gives us the ability to to help the unit by getting the ball out.
2: And I think this is our last one here with Coach Fry. Go ahead and finish up. I, I talked to him about the pieces of content we covered on the podcast yesterday with regards to Peyton Manning and J.T. O'Sullivan breaking down QB1 here and Tua Tunga-Vailoa and about the idea of getting your feet set among every possible situation whether it's a heavy pass rush whether you're outside the framework of the route concept whether you're you know off structure because of the pressure getting in on you or receiver not getting to his landmark soon enough maybe the quarterback didn't make the right read to get himself in position to make that threatening throw or a threatening position to make a throw make a run what have you here's coach Fry about setting the feet and delivering the football in that regard and working on those things as you get deeper into the season and deeper into your career
5: it's every quarterback you know it's it's your your footwork is kind of like your your alarm clock. It's there's a lot of things in relationship to what happens throughout a play in relationship to the quarterback's feet. And you try and marry your feet as your timing mechanism going through progressions, going through and also and as a, an, an alarm if something breaks down. So we spent a lot of time just Make, making sure your feet are right, that you're always in a position to throw. And, you know, a quarterback's back foot is, is a mindset. It truly is. It's, it's, a, it's a tough guy mindset. It's a, I'm going to dig my back foot. I know they're coming. I know they're pushing. And I'm
2: going to rip this ball. And so with that great detail there from Coach, I had to follow up and ask about, the very first play of the last game where you see Tua's eyes and feet go flat, seeing back to the flat and just kind of keeping himself aligned that way. I wanted to ask Coach if that was a good example and just how he kind of thought about that play and what it says about Tua's relationship between the eyes and the feet and hardwiring those two elements of your game together.
5: Yeah, so, yeah, and when things break down, you know, the first thing that usually breaks down with, with younger quarterbacks is their footwork. So it's just... It's just continuing to develop it, continuing to stress and work on it that at the end of the day, your feet, your eyes, your progression, that's that's what allows you to sleep at night. (laughs) You know what I mean? No one knows things stone cold so that in your mind they can't get you.
2: Uh, yep, I can talk to Coach about that kind of stuff all day. And that's basically true of all my conversations here. I could just continue ripping off these things all day long with these coaches as they give us so much detail and information about the game we all love. It's like I love assistant coach media day. It's the very best. With that in mind, let's go ahead and move on now. To Coach Lemuel, John Pierre, who I asked the same question that I posed to every other coach, pros and cons about seeing a team twice, the New York Jets, within the span of four
6: weeks it, it gives you, like it's, it's a special opportunity like it's very you know unique as it is you know we play them that close and um, whenever you play a division opponents always gonna be tough and then you play them closer so it's like yeah like you got the game you just played so it's helpful because you have film all against guys you just played against but knowing like when you play the same team another time is not not the same matchup to me it usually ends up being a little bit tougher because now like it's like that chess match was like it's closer you know uh, maybe injuries you know they might get guys back things might happen so you have those those things that change a little bit but um it's very unique in terms of what it presents you as in preparation things
2: like that let's go ahead and stay on the script here and ask coach about what challenges the jets front presents this dolphins front in terms of both scheme and personnel i mean up
6: front i mean they're very good and i mean that's really in, in the front seven i think they're very good and talented they got speed i mean those guys do play hard on defense they're very talented up front and then you know they, they, they present something different in terms of, you know, they got size and then they got power, like along the line of scrimmage. You know, you see, a, you know, Mosley, the guy you see every game, you say, like you said, you hear him talking, he puts the energy, but you see the speed they also got in the other linebacker spots. And even that secondary, I mean, you see them, you know, they're physical down in there. So that's a very good defense.
2: Let's go ahead and finish up with Coach here about self-scouting and the process of improvement over the time off for the offensive line.
6: Yeah, you know, just trying to keep digging in. You got a little extra time to for sure, you know, focus on your guys and kind of take that time to, you know, look at what are the things that, you know, you've done well, things that you need to improve on, and and things like that. And and overall, what you see is the growth, which, you know, it seems like it's starting to show. Like we said, the effort for these guys has never changed. Um, They've continued, you know, even during the bye week, contacting them, sending them things, They're contacting me. So we're very much so in the ball, but once we get on the field, it has to show.
2: So there goes coach Lem. Let's go ahead and flip it over to the defensive side and the guys that go up against the offensive line and practice on the D line here. And let's go ahead and work front to back and talk to coach Clark about his processes over the bye week for self scouting. And again, improvement.
1: Yeah. So we look at, you know, things we've done well, things we need to work on how teams are playing us, how we're playing them. Is there anything we're giving away? You know, you kind of go through uh, basically self-evaluation, you know, i personally I start with myself you know what are we doing during practice are these drills or these techniques showing up in the game positively um, is there something that I'm not doing that I should be doing um, from our defense line perspective and then it goes trickles out throughout the whole defense so uh, I think it's a great exercise that it definitely uh, tells the tale kind of, of how guys can get better individually you know every player is different so there may be Something we're doing with one guy that we need to hit before practice extra because this player has this part figured out and maybe he needs to work on that. So uh, I think it's a great exercise, you know, and and hopefully it helps us versus the Jets.
2: And if you ever get a chance to come out for training camp next summer or any other summer besides that, make sure you keep your eyes on Coach Clark. He's a lot of fun to watch. Coach those guys up, and it's high intensity throughout the course of the fundamental segment of practice, the individual portions, the team portion, whatever the case may be. Those guys are on ten. At all times. Let's go ahead and pick it up here with Coach about some of the uh, pros and cons of playing a team within the span of four weeks, two different times.
1: Yeah, I think it's especially a team like the Jets that are that are veteran, good group up front. I think it's definitely a tough challenge. You know, th- these guys have played a lot of ball. They play hard. They work well together. Um, they've gotten better each week, um, and I, I think it's tough for me coming from college. That was a new thing at first because. You only really do that if it's a championship game, you know. But, um, yeah, I think it's tough. I think there is a little familiarity in terms of personnel who you're going against, but they have that same familiarity. So uh, it's going to be a tough challenge for us, and we've got to have a great week of practice and hopefully play our best ball Sunday
2: yes hopefully play our best ball i can't wait for that game it feels like it's been forever since we last played a football game sunday against the jets here at hard rock stadium let's go ahead and keep moving along the defense here and let's go ahead and pick this up with coach campanelli every time we talk we talk food you have to do it with coach just want to play a little sip of here talking about some pizza in the south florida area right right you know what
4: it is bro they got like the the. he's right the pizzas are kind of small and then you just, you just, you end up eating like you know, 20 slices. It's not, you know, I mean, me anyway, I have no, I have no self-control. So
2: yeah, right. Exactly. I'm
4: I look at like four pizza boxes. I'm like, I definitely ate all this. The kids didn't feel like eating nothing. I'm like, well, somebody ate this. Yeah, no doubt, bro.
2: I love it. Every time the very best. Let's go ahead and pick it up here with coach camp talking about his self-scouting processes and what he uses the extra time for to help that linebacker room improve and get better.
4: Yeah, I think you go back and you look at, um, you know, obviously each player, what they're doing well, and then schematically in each, you know, situation, um, how guys are attacking you and, you know, are there things that keep coming up? And that's really just kind of keeping yourself uh, in a competitive advantage, I guess, probably the best way to say it, you know what I mean? Really just kind of looking inward where it gives you, the bye week gives you a chance to look at that, uh, you know, kind of look at every facet of the defense and what we're doing well. Uh, you know, was there any changes and, uh, and really like, like I said, how guys are attacking you throughout all those different situations in the field.
2: So there you have the bi-week adjustments there for the linebackers. How about the challenges the Jets offense presents the linebacker group here in Miami in this game on Sunday?
4: Yeah, I think uh, just division games are, they're always going to be tough games because you know each other so well. So Um, You're really, really trying to do your due diligence uh, on each opponent within the division. And uh, they obviously know us pretty well. Uh, Hopefully we're doing a good job getting to know them well. And and I think going back and and looking at the games, uh, obviously, you know, in the second game, whenever you play, you're looking at what went well, what didn't go well, you know, and, and you have it's always interesting you know you play each other twice you have uh, and you do that every year you have a pretty good feel for their personnel and they have good personnel you know and they they uh they're playing hard and uh you know for us just looking at ourselves that last bye week you know hopefully we're doing things down the stretch here uh in this game which is uh you know the next one obviously being a very important game uh hopefully we're doing some of those things better as we move forward I just think, you know, they've got they've got a bunch of good backs. They, they, uh, they've they done a, a good job getting the ball to their playmakers. They have a good young quarterback who's obviously a, a playmaker uh, himself. And, uh, you know, throughout their roster, I think they've done a good job building their team. And like I said, their guys uh, play hard. You know, the tight ends have made a bunch of plays this year as well. Uh, the running backs, like I said, they've done a good job uh, in the run game and the pass game. So they kind of certainly certainly test you. Uh, in every situation in our room.
2: And there he goes, Coach Camp. A lot of fun talking to these guys about, you know, how, how their time off was about food, vacation, whatever the case may be, but also the good football stuff. And they gave us great content every single time and helped teach us something about this game, which, again, is really my focus here on the Drive Time podcast. We have two more coaches left. Back to the secondary. Cornerbacks coach Charles Burks, who I asked first about, his processes for self-scouting and getting the cornerbacks room better and ready over the course of the bye week.
3: Yeah, you know, for my, for my process, uh, first and foremost, we, you know, I'll start with us as a, a scheme. Uh, you know, within our different responsibilities as position coaches, you know, we look at the overall scheme first, and then we look at how uh, that affects our position, and then you dive deeper and see how that affects your specific players, you know, so big picture, uh, position group, and then just really the specific players, you want to self-scout them and you know look at things that they're doing well look at things that you know they're not doing as well you know how they can potentially be attacked how they are being attacked uh, and then just really how you can get better from that
2: detailed as always there with coach burks let's go ahead and keep it rolling here and talk to him about the idea of playing the same team twice in a four week span advantages disadvantages go ahead coach are there some pros and cons to that yeah
3: i I would say each game uh although it's the same team you know it's, it's a different game you know, so you, you got to give them that respect. I think teams change, you know, over weeks. The, one team may have an identity early in the season. One team may have an identity three weeks ago, and that identity may change by the time they get to you. So uh, just depending who shows up, how they want to play that game, uh, you got to go into it, although you're familiar with said team, you have to go into it with a basically a clean slate and approach them and give them that respect.
2: There you have Coach Burks talking about his cornerbacks. Let's go ahead and finish up here on the podcast today with safety, or rather, defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander. Same question to him: What's the pros and cons of facing a team twice inside the span of one month?
7: I I think the 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 pros of it is you you kind of seen, you kind of experienced some things, um, just very recent. in regards to how they played us and and what we did and what our plan was, what what worked, what didn't work, what mistakes we needed to uh, correct. Uh, Not that the game is going to be the exact same, the strategy is going to be the exact same, but you just have some familiarity with maybe the schemes and really mostly some of the players that the guys are going to be competing against.
2: Picking it back up here with GA, a question about what this Jets offensive personnel as well as scheme can do to attack this Dolphins secondary and put or create challenges for that group.
7: They do a lot of different things for uh, them offensively where they just move guys around pre-snap and, and move different players. And so eye discipline is really going to be a key deal for us as far as um, what they do pre-snap, how they move, the tempo in which they move. Uh, so it's always going to be a challenge to make sure that we communicate well, align well, especially when you have things going on pre-snap that kind of messes with eye discipline and alignments and things like that.
2: And We'll go ahead and finish up here with the same question I asked everybody else. What are your processes for self-scouting and how to improve your particular position group over the course of the bye week?
7: It's all really motivated behind self-improvement. So when you have an opportunity to really look at your body of work, see the things that you've done well, see the things you need to continue to improve on, um, see the strengths, weaknesses of things that have shown up, whether it just be as a whole or individually, uh, use that opportunity to address some of the issues, recognize some of the issues, and hopefully improve
2: those things moving forward. And there he goes, and there we go. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Drive Time Podcast, some education there as we get from the coaches every other week, and, of course, the assistants and coordinators, I should say on those off weeks as well. So good information there from the Dolphins coaching staff. Uh, That's it. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Jets preview podcast coming your way tomorrow. Cannot wait to dive in. Also can't wait to get out of here because Caroline has a Christmas performance at her school slash daycare. And I can't wait to get out of there. They didn't tell us what they're doing as far as the kids' performance, but she's been coming home and completely on her own repping out, I think, what is the performance. She's singing head, shoulders, knees, and toes, eyes and ears, and all that fun stuff, but she's mostly just speaking gibberish outside of the 15 or 20 or so words she knows, so as I say about seriously everything that she does, it's my favorite thing that she does, but I think she's going to destroy the performance, and I cannot wait to see it, and if she doesn't destroy it, I don't care, because she's the best regardless, so... That's my Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Hope your guys' Wednesday here today goes well and enjoy this podcast. In the meantime, it's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me at Winkfield NFL on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins across all social media platforms. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Dwight Stevenson this week. Seth and OJ killing it once again. Check out our YouTube channel for all the media availabilities as well as Dolphins Today. And of course, last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline guys coming to watch her perform.